Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is the danger of resentment. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, welcome. Today I'd like to take a call that came in on our listener call-in line. Greg from San Leandro, my question is this. What happened if Adam didn't eat the fruit, whatever it was, and she did? Then what would happen? What would God do? Very good. What would have happened if Adam hadn't eaten the forbidden food? Well, let's see if I can come up with something for you. Eve and Adam were together. There was just the two of them, Adam and Eve, so it was sink or swim together. There was no one else. The way it is now, there are a lot of other people around. And so what would have happened if Eve had eaten the food, but Adam didn't eat the food? Then Adam, as things are today, would have suffered. He would have suffered greatly, just like any man whose wife comes home from work and say, hey, I met a guy at work and I want a divorce. Or every wife whose husband says he found somebody else. Or anyone whose child starts running with the wrong crowd and pretty soon they're taking drugs and stuff like that. Anyone who's lost a partner to alcoholism or to gambling or to drug addiction or to someone else, even work. See, temptation can operate through anything. So Adam would have suffered greatly. But you see, at that time, Christ had not yet come. So there would be no provision for um, redemption. So she would have been lost. But it didn't happen that way, thank goodness. God saw to it that it happened another way. And the way it happened was they were in it together. And Eve came home with a wrong idea, and Adam went for it. So it wasn't her fault. It was his job to not go for it. If he had had love for his creator and for her, and if he had wisdom and understanding, it wouldn't have happened. But Adam, he didn't know what he was getting into. So the idea appealed to him, and he was ambitious. And so... They were both in it together, he and she, but it all worked out for the best because they both ate the forbidden food. They both fell. But then you know what? That is how God created love. A whole human race came into existence subject to temptation and separated from God. And now there was the chance for someone to search for God and yearn for God and yearn for truth and yearn for something good. And when they find him, then they love him. You see, he who has suffered much loves much. So therefore, there's a chance for redemption, for reconciliation, for love. And yes, a chance for husbands and wives to learn to love each other instead of hating each other and using each other to love each other. All of that became a possibility because God was able to use the fall of Adam and Eve 
to make a whole race of human beings and make possible love, redemption, reconciliation, forgiveness, all of the beautiful, beautiful things. He made them possible, not only him and us and us and him, but us with each other. We can love one another. We can learn to love one another. And suffering, see, suffering has its purpose also, because by suffering, we cry out for true answers, and we search for true answers. And when our cry is sincere, God answers and rescues us. And then he has loved us, and then we then know what it is like to be loved and to be forgiven, and then we forgive others. And we love others by not using them. We love others by not hating them. It's beautiful. You can listen to past programs on our website, SheddingShackles.com. Simply go to the homepage and then click on Listen. You can listen to the most recent programs or go to the program archives and listen to those from past years. Well, anyway, Eve came back with these notions and all Adam had to do was just to explain to her Maybe what his thoughts were on the subject, he would say, well, you know, Father said we're not to eat it. And we love Father, and Father loves us. And he only wants what is good for us. So if he asked us not to eat it, then we mustn't eat it. But Adam, instead, he liked those notions. So it wasn't even it wasn't really Eve's fault. She heard something, she brought it home, and she said it. And it was up to him to say no to what was not appropriate, you see? to dismiss it. But he went for the notion because he was ambitious. He liked the idea of being God, of being on his own, of proving something, of being a big man. See, he liked that, especially with knowledge. He liked the idea of having knowledge, of getting an education, and then using that knowledge to puff up and be proud like a God, you see? He liked that. Of course, we're still falling for the same old line today, aren't we? Education is big business, in case you haven't noticed. Big business. We're still falling for the same old line. Not that, not that knowledge is, is wrong and not that education is a bad thing. But when you look to knowledge, see, instead of to understanding. So when you have understanding, see, then the knowledge you can use it for a good purpose, see? But if you don't have understanding and, and you only have knowledge, then it becomes a very dangerous thing. It becomes uh, a confusing thing, a harmful thing, and there's no, there's no life in it, there's no love in it. So what would have happened if, uh, if Adam had not eaten the forbidden food? Well, it would have happened that Adam would have said, we mustn't eat it, Eve. See, it was just a notion. All he had to, to say was no. Maybe explain to her a little bit why. That was it. It would have been all over. But then the whole panoply of human history, 
see, the whole panoply would not have come to pass. Everything that we know about history, everything from Moses and Abraham and and uh, George Washington and the Inca Empire and the Aztec Empire and and the first man on the moon and the World Series and the Super Bowl and World War One and Two and the whole thing. None of it would have happened. None of it. So, in order for all of that to happen, in it, in order for the whole drama of, and the whole love story of seeking for love, and some of us find it from our Creator, for all of that to happen, it was necessary that Adam and Eve fell, and so they did. They fell, but it brought about a separation between humans and God. And then it brought about humans erring greatly, yes, but also searching. Some of us see that there is no love. In, we look for love. You know, that's what I was writing about yesterday and thinking about today, about love. See, animals and plants don't need love. Yeah, they need care, and mostly the care of nature, which the good Lord provided, is enough for them. Mother Nature is is from Father God. You see, God is the one who, who cares for everything and provides for everything and everyone. So they receive that care, and that's enough for them. They don't know the Creator. They don't know that He's even there, and they're happy with what is provided for them. But humans need something mysterious called love. Whatever love is, humans need it. We're not just like animals or plants. We need this mysterious love. And it is an energy. Albert Einstein talked about it in the letter that he wrote to his daughter, I maybe will read a little bit of it for you if I can find it. Love is what we humans need, and we search for love, and we're never, never, never going to be fulfilled until we find our Creator's love, because His is the only love that, that satisfies, that sustains, and fulfills a human being, because we are created in His image and likeness. So when we're separated from him, then we look for love in the world, don't we? And that, of course, is the whole panoply of human history. So we look for love from our parents. We look for love from our friends, from partners. Then we look for love from the world. We look for applause and approval. And we look for love in our work. And we look for love in food, don't we? We look for love in food. When we don't find it from other people, then we settle for possessions and for food, and we seek love in food, and we eat and eat, and it feels like love, but it doesn't have real love in it. So what you have to see is that there is no love in the world. The love is from God. He is the source of love. You have to find him. Now, the mistake we make is we look for love from other people, and when they don't have it, see, then we resent them. 
And we look even, we try even harder. We try to get their love, don't we? We try and try and be, be extra nice to them to get their love. And whatever they give us, it's not real love. And then we resent them. And we resent them, we think they're withholding their love. Or we think maybe we blame ourselves and hate ourselves. And we say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm unlovable. See, those are all mistakes. You just have to see that there is no love out there. They, they don't have love either. See, nobody has love. I understand it. Greg Laurie, you know, he's quite a, one of the popular uh, ministries on many of the Christian radio stations. Apparently he has a new book. He was talking about it this morning, and it's called Fame. And he, he, he talks about pay, people who are famous. But, and we think that they're happy. We think, oh, if I only had fame, fame and fortune, I would be happy. But no, no, something is still missing. So blessed are you if you see that the well is dry out there and you stop resenting other people, realizing they don't have love either. See, inside, they don't have it. So you stop looking for it from them and you don't resent them for not having it. And you start to seek love from your creator for that mysterious energy, that mysterious something that is called love. And it comes from God and that's what you need. would love to hear from listeners let him know how much you enjoy listening to Shedding Shackles. Send him an email today to roland at sheddingshackles.com. You can also send him a letter or donation through the mail to Roland Trujillo, spelled T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O, 1556 Fitzgerald Drive, number 217, in Pinole, California, zip code 94564. Again, Roland Trujillo, 1556 Fitzgerald Drive, Suite Number 217, Pinole, California, 94564. And if you'd like to just leave him an encouraging message, his listener comment line is 510-455-8851. Again, 510-455-8851. And let him know how much you enjoy listening to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. We think, oh, if I only had fame, fame and fortune, I would be happy. But no, no, something is still missing. So blessed are you if you see that the well is dry out there. And you stop resenting other people, realizing they don't have love either. See, inside, they don't have it. So you stop looking for it from them, and you don't resent them for not having it. And you start to seek love from your creator for that mysterious energy, that mysterious something that is called love, that it comes from God, and that's what you need. So I think I uh, have done my best to answer the question. 
Now I'm going to, uh, I would like to read you uh, Albert Einstein's letter. So now I would like to read you the letter. This is from Albert Einstein to his daughter, Lisera. He says, when I proposed the theory of relativity, very few understood me. And what I will reveal now to transmit to mankind will also collide with the misunderstanding and prejudice in the world. I ask you to guard the letters as long as necessary, years, decades, until society is advanced enough to accept what I will explain now. There is an extremely powerful force that, so far, science has not found a formal explanation to. It is a force that includes and governs all others and is even behind any phenomenon operating in the universe and has not yet been identified by us. This universal force is love. When scientists looked for a unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force. Love is light that enlightens those who give and receive it. Love is gravity because it makes people feel attracted to others. Love is power because it multiplies the best we have and allows humanity not to be extinguished in their blind selfishness. Love unfolds and reveals. For love we live and die. Love is God and God is love. This force explains everything and gives meaning to life. This is the variable that we have ignored for too long, maybe because we are afraid of love, because it is the only energy in the universe that man has not learned to drive at will. So here it is again. These are Albert Einstein's words. There is an extremely powerful force that so far science has not found a formal explanation to. It is a force that includes and governs all others and is even behind any phenomenon operating in the universe and has not yet been identified by us. This universal force is love. When scientists looked for a unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force. That's very beautiful. So that's Albert Einstein in his letter to his daughter, Liesl. Now, so love is what we seek. If Adam and Eve had never fallen, they would have remained close to God, but the whole history and all of the people and their searching for love and many finding that love. We search for love and then eventually we find it and it's from our creator. And it's so sweet when we find it. It's the most wonderful thing. I don't know how many times on YouTube or on television I've seen reunions where a daughter has been seeking her father, for example, or she thought her father was killed at war or something, and she finds out that he's alive, and they meet. And when they meet, it's the most 
beautiful thing. It makes you cry every time. It's so sweet and so beautiful. And that need for love and finding love is created by our Creator so that we might search for Him and find Him and find His love and then share through us His love with others. It's beautiful. God's love surpasses every boundary, and there are no limits to it. This is Jeremiah Trujillo. The love of God is multidimensional, and it is beyond our comprehension. You can obtain God's love, first, by not judging other people. When others do wrong to you, don't hate them back. Instead, forgive them and have a lighthearted touch. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you too can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. The great French philosopher Blaise Pascal put it this way when he said, All of humanity's problems stem from a single cause, not knowing how to sit quietly in a room. Welcome back. We're talking about overcoming stress. And I'm going to take the little phrase that Blaise Pascal gave us, sitting quietly in a room. And better yet, I'm going to not only show you how to sit quietly in a room, but sit quietly in a room without being lost in negative thoughts and memories and worries and doubts and fears. So here we go. In this program, I'm introducing you to a little biofeedback exercise called hand warming. That's what you need to get. And what does it show you how to do? It shows you how to do a very simple little biofeedback exercise, which is called hand warming. Many of you have heard of it. Many of you have probably even practiced it at your workplace. Probably somebody taught it to you. And so it's very simple. It's very well known. But the way I teach it, I think it's the best. I want you to get that little exercise. You can get it in two ways. Number one, you can go to SheddingShackles.com. You'll see it. Just click on it. You can watch it as a YouTube video, or you can listen to it as an MP3. And you can download the MP3 to your phone or to your computer. Use it. It's very, very simple. You learn how to sit quietly and become aware of your hand. You learn to notice your hand, to be conscious of your hand, 
pay attention to your hand. And as you direct your attention, your delicate awareness to your hand, your hand begins to tingle a little bit. It begins to feel a gentle tingling in it. Because when you direct your your gentle attention to it, it glows a little bit. It's happy to receive the attention. Your hand will feel a little warm, a little tingly. That's all you have to do. And then if you're sitting in your office quietly or you're laying in bed or you're sitting at your desk at home, you're sitting in your living room at home or you're sitting in a park on a bench somewhere where you're just sitting quietly, then you could also close your eyes. And that's actually better because then there aren't any outward distractions and you can pay more attention to your hand. So that's it. It's very simple, but you need to use the exercise. I just gave you a little idea of what it is right now on the air, but I want you to get the exercise. It's a completely free. There's nothing else that you need. You don't need anything else. You don't need to buy anything else or watch anything else or listen to anything else. All you need to do is then is practice that little exercise so that you get better and better and better at being aware of your hand until it tingles a little bit. And because it is a biofeedback exercise, you get better and better at it. As the days and weeks go by, you get so good at it that you can be out going for a walk and you are aware of your hand and it becomes warm and tingly. When you're sitting somewhere and there's a lot of things going on, you can at the same time be aware of your hand. You could be sitting in an office meeting and at the same time be aware of your hand as you're noticing what's going on at the office meeting. It centers you, it quiets you, it calms you, it gives you a sense of of control, of self-control. It restores your dignity. And you know what? You know what? When you are calm and you're aware of your hand, then it's easier to pray. It's easier to read a little something in the Bible and realize something from what you read, to be inspired by something that you read. It's easier for you to be patient with your family. It's easier thus to express love, to receive love and express love. So you've got to get that little biofeedback exercise. I call it sitting quietly. I want you to get it so that you can begin to conquer stress. You can get it for yourself. You can share it with your family, share it with your friends. It's called sitting quietly. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.